Hello from snowy Edale in the Peak District and a very warm welcome to this episode. An interview with Charlotte Holroyd, who is the founder of Creative Wilderness, an ethical branding design agency in Greater Manchester. I asked Charlotte why creating more time spent outside has become a priority in her life, how she reaches the people that she wants to work with, who has helped or supported her along the way, and many more questions about her career and the challenges that she's faced along the way. There are also a few questions that have been sent in by you, the listeners, which I will always encourage on this podcast. Please note that this episode has been recorded remotely, so it may sound a bit different. Make yourself a tall brew and listen in to Charlotte's wisdom. Welcome to the show, Charlotte. How has setting up your own company enabled you to create more time to spend outside? I think just having the flexibility in my day to just know that, okay, this afternoon I'm going to go out for a walk. Whereas when I was working nine to five, you know, I did go for cheeky walks, but it always felt like something that I couldn't be, you know, just walking up there. Um, But yeah, or I can start the morning and do some yoga or go for a wild swim somewhere and then work in the afternoon. So I think having my own business has given me that massive flexibility to just reimagine a working day. And it doesn't have to happen between the hours of nine and five. Um, sometimes I take a whole day off if I'm not feeling, I'm not feeling it at all. Um, and so it's given me the permission to look at how we work away from our computers. And actually, a lot of the time we spend away from the computer is where all the deep thinking happens. So for me, it's been a wonderful um, yeah, way to kind of discover my creativity by going for walks away from the screen. Why has that become a priority in your life? I think I've always loved getting out into nature, but the way our current working world is built, it doesn't give us the opportunity to do that. And it wasn't until I started my business that I realised, wow, my soul needs to be in nature. And I've noticed how when I went out for walks or spent a weekend kind of dreaming about things on a walk, that all my great business ideas came, all the kind of things that I was struggling with I kind of saw some clarity with them when I was out walking or in, in nature and outside. And every time I sit in front of the screen and try to come up with an idea, it just doesn't happen. And, and another thing I noticed was when I was working on branding projects, I'd often start the week on Monday morning by going for a run along the river. And along that run, I just have so many ideas of what to do. So then when I sat down and drew out, say, brand mark ideas or logo ideas, I'd be already, I've done all that thinking away from the screen and everything seemed to flow a lot quicker. So for me, I just saw the massive benefits of getting out, getting out into nature. And I think because we're so bombarded with information, you know, we often look at Instagram so many times a day. And I think we can get a lot of other voices coming in and we, we maybe get off path and we struggle to get in tune with our inner voice. So for me, it's, it's really getting in tune with my inner voice and knowing what's right for me and not feeling like I've got to follow the crowd with everything that I do. How has your appreciation of nature and outdoor experiences inspired your graphic branding design agency? Well, it actually inspired my whole name because I was out on the walk and I don't know if anyone's trying to think of a company name, it's actually really hard because you're like, oh, that's a great name. And then you look online and someone else has taken it. And I was out in nature and I just thought, oh, I have all my best ideas. I feel so inspired. I feel like me when I'm on the top of a hill somewhere in the gale force wind. <laughs> so my name was came from Creative Wilderness. Um, I think my whole like brand is inspired by nature. So it's that idea of getting back to nature, being in tune with nature and working in tune with nature. And then I try and sort of weave that into the way I work with people. And that's all about, you know, encouraging them to get back in tune with themselves. And then when I work on my projects, I, I, I am inspired by nature a lot of the time. And away from work, I love drawing and painting. And uh, so that's, again, that, that comes into my work. And for me, I just, I'm obsessed with nature really you know like the birds hiking lakes um everything like that so it really inspires me equally I do get inspired going into cities as well and seeing you know vibrant artworks um but I think I know for how I work personally it's that peace and stillness and um kind of getting back in tune with nature that's what really drives me in my business has it also guided you on who you choose to work with so I think more a lot of the way I work with branding is to kind of make sure you present yourself and I kind of like a, a tree is probably it's one of my analogies so if you've got your really strong roots and you just stood there 
strong and firm in what you do, then people will come to you. So I think the way that I've built my brand and the way I've talked to people, I, I haven't really had any inquiries from people that are completely unethical. In fact, the opposite is some people are like, oh my God, do I need to be a super ethical brand to work with you? Um, and I'm kind of like, well, no, um, but I think sometimes... They do in some way, but, you know, I've had people work with me who are, you know, they're doing very small things. They might be a financial advisor, but actually the way they work is different and, and more ethical. So I think it does underpin the way I work, but I kind of allow people to come to me and if they resonate with me, because I think you can have quite a big impact, say, teaching someone else how to be a little bit more sustainable if they weren't already on that, you know, way of thinking. So, um, yeah, it's kind of attracted, I'd say, as opposed to put people off or definitely attracted put people on to work with me. So has ethical branding always been important to you and sustainability or is it something that you've learned about or, or has there been like a turning point where you just said right that's going to be my focus? Well I think I always I've always been involved in uh, you know trying to be more planet friendly I think even as a student I was buying local fruit and veg and using soap instead of shower gel and people thought I was very strange like why have you not got shower gel I was like well I don't want plastic so it's always been part of my life and then when I, I did start working I started at like a big newspaper Trinity Mirror and I've worked at big design agencies and there I did see things happening the kind of leaving computers on all night using plastic spoons, being so, so wasteful. And I always kind of tried to do little schemes there, but no one seemed bothered. So obviously I was doing a little what I could. And then working on bigger brands, you just saw the lack of ethics. It was very manipulative, uh, kind of making people feel bad about themselves to then buy products. So I think all of that influenced when I set up my agency. I wanted to do it completely different and I wanted to make sure that I wasn't doing bad and I was making sure it was in alignment with my values. And I think the experience that I'd had before working at bigger agencies and, and seeing how big corporations worked, it kind of even more instilled this need of wanting to do things differently. Yeah, and I love that because I haven't seen anyone else doing what you're doing. So your work, I think it really stands out, not only in what you're doing, but why you're doing it. And also in the way that you present it to people. Um, I feel like, you know, you really, you really connect with it really well and you can bring in other people who share similar values. Oh, that's wonderful. I think because branding, sometimes people think it's just for big businesses and it's this horrible strategic thing. But I just say it's like it's like the roots of your your business, you know, and then like the brand is the roots and the tree and then the leaves are all the stuff that goes on around it. And I think that just makes it a little bit more accessible and, and we, you know, more like, uh, yeah, nicer really and more fun to do. And you, you talked a little bit about the positive impact that nature and being outside brings to you your lifestyle and your work. What have you noticed happens if you don't make time to get out? Oh, I feel just so stressed, <laughs> a little bit like a kind of caged animal. Um, I just, I can just I, just, I just feel something inside me like I'm flat, I'm dead. I'm not really enjoying anything and everything just feels a bit of a chore and I'm kind of, doing things just to do them and I'm not really finding any joy or flow in them and then I think that break away and it is so easy to just sit in front of your computer particularly you know if it's raining outside you think well I might as well work there's nothing else to do but even then I do try and go for even at the end of the day just a half an hour walk and then I kind of it just helps me reset and settle back down and I'm quite a sensitive person, so I can't work long, long hours and too much time in front of a screen really does affect me. And I can just feel it in my body that um, I just, it doesn't, I feel all kind of, yeah, a bit yuck, I think is the, probably the best word to describe it. Uh, and I think my head's quite maybe feeling overloaded and frazzled with information and a bit of like a panic, I suppose. And then I just, as soon as I'm back out in nature, I just feel calm again. And I, I have hugged a tree on occasion when I'm feeling really, really bad. Uh, and I think um, just from reading things about nature and, and my own experience, it's just a wonderful power that I think we can all tap into. And I think we probably did tap into it a lot more years and years ago. And, and I think I'm glad that certainly people like you, Sarah, are just got... Um, encouraging people to really get back into nature and remind them that it's there it's free it's for us all to enjoy and get inspiration from what led you to create your brand builder course 
Ah, okay. So I suppose this is a bit of going on intuition. So I was always working with clients, but also running this group called Conscious Entrepreneurs. And I kept hearing similar problems and people would email me and say, oh, I want help with this. So at first I created like a free ebook because a lot of the time people not everyone can invest in working with me on a branding package. It's not the cheapest thing to do. But I kept sort of thinking, oh, I want to help this person, but I can't. So then I saw the problems that were coming up and they were kind of like, oh, well, I've got this idea, but I feel really frustrated and I don't know what I'm doing with it. And how do I create a brand? So the course idea kind of, it's been mulling over in my head for about two years. And then the last lockdown had a bit of space finally. And I thought, right, I'm going to create this course um, to help people. So it's almost like an accessible way of working with me without having to, you know, if, you, if you're just starting out, you might not have a big budget to invest in branding. Um, and I guess it was to just empower people and give them a bit of excitement because I feel people worry about like, oh, should I post on Instagram or should I do this for my business? And they don't know what to do. And I think it's just coming back to your brand and really working out what you want to stand for and just encouraging people to spend a bit of time thinking about stuff before they go off and start doing stuff. And I think, Sarah, you probably cover that in your career sessions. It's kind of, you need to do a bit of thinking um, because if you just run straight away and do it without thinking about it, you won't really have, again, strong roots. So, you know, a tree without strong roots falls over. So if you can make sure you've done that deep thinking at the start, then you've got a really yeah, sustainable business. And also I wanted to encourage people to think about ethical branding and being more sustainable, not in the physical sense always, but in just everything that you do around your business and how you can approach that in more of an ethical way. So what's the kind of journey that you take people on with that course? So there's a mixture of tasks because I know a lot of people just sit in front of courses and they don't really do anything. And I did do a bit of teaching, so I, I've got a workbook. So the first three parts are all about uncovering your kind of what you want your business to look like, your lifestyle, because a lot of people might be thinking, oh, I'm going to build a, do a shop, but actually they crave freedom and that isn't the right type of business or brand for them. So it's really coming back to the values and what they want their business to be like in three years. And then look at, okay, what... What do you want to do? What's your purpose, your why, your mission? Because also that's really important because if you haven't got that, then the slightest tough time, you'll you'll fall over and you won't want to keep going. And then move on to the why. So a lot of people focus on the why, like why you're doing this, what's your purpose? And that's wonderful. But if you don't have a strong wow, and that's what attracts people to you or makes people go, oh, I really like what this person's doing. I'm connected with them. Uh, and then the Fourth part is going to visualise that. But I had a bit of a request to do it in a smaller version so people can just do that side. Uh, and then part four and five are all about visually bringing this to life so people would explore colours and fonts and photography and how to create a brand experience. But it doesn't go into logo design because that's a whole different thing. So it's, yeah, I didn't want to kind of cover that in the course. It felt too overwhelming. So yeah, so at the start of the course, people would kind of have a business idea or they've got a brand already and they're not loving it and then hopefully at the end of the course they've built something that feels really in alignment with what they're all about and they feel confident to go and put it out there into the world it sounds so good oh, thank <laughs> you. I've, I've come back to um my branding loads of times and um i haven't probably haven't gone through it um in such detail as you've just explained ever <laughs> but um i yeah, I have gone back to it and it's taken me a long, a lot, quite a few years to get it to a place where I'm beginning to feel more like much happier with it. Um, I'd like to ask you if you could give us an idea of what went on behind the scenes of creating that course, because it sounds like this amazing final product that you're now offering to the world how did you create that and can you share maybe some of the highs the lows the frustrations the challenges what it was like sitting in front of a video camera and recording that material how was the actual experience in creating it for you I think the first thing that prompted me to create is actually a book called Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert because I have so many ideas and I never do them because I think someone else has done it before. Oh, someone else is doing that. What's the point of me doing it? I don't do it. So I did actually kept, kept seeing people doing courses and I was like, I've been wanting to do one for a couple of years and I thought, oh no, I shouldn't. Everyone's doing it. Everyone's sick of courses. But then I thought, no, 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 don't get back into that bad habit of thinking like that because I feel like this is something of value. Uh, I know that my process works really well when I work with clients and even 
even when they start and I send them over this kind of questionnaire and it's discovery, they're like, oh my gosh, I love this. I didn't even think about all this. So I thought, oh, there's something really good and maybe that would help other people. So that, that was fine. So the idea side was actually quite easy. I'm okay with the idea side. But then the practical side, and if any creative people listening will probably understand this, you have all the ideas, but actually the commitment of doing it is the hardest thing. So what I did is I made, I kind of gave myself today, right, I'm going to record one video. The thought of a whole course was quite overwhelming. So I thought, right, this week I'll just plan the course, plan what each section is going to include. Then next week, maybe I'll write out the course. And then the week after I'll record one video. So for me, having little steps was so much easier than the big overwhelming task of creating a course and then I saw it a bit like that so a bit like a journey and Sarah I think you'll enjoy it the climbing the mountain you know take the first steps don't think about the top of the mountain because it's quite overwhelming um, um, and learning so many different things so I found video very very difficult I don't love being on screen or talking to camera so I think understanding how to video myself and edit that and learn all this stuff is so such a big task. Um, so I suppose some of those low moments, low moments were also like recording a video and realising that an aeroplane's gone past or you've, I don't know, something's gone wrong and you've got to re-record the whole thing again. Um, and another low moment was working out how to promote it because I'm not very, I don't think I'm a great person for like selling and promoting. I'm quite introverted in that way. So I'm still struggling with that, I have to be honest, at the moment of how to promote your course, um, but without it being like, hey, buy this, buy this, because I don't like that. I don't resonate with that at all. Um, and also, I didn't, I, I think I had this expectation, like I'd launch it on the first day and loads of people would buy it, and they didn't. And I had to sort of go, okay, stop being so stupid. Like, you start up a business, people aren't going to just suddenly run and work with you. And it's a new thing. So I've just realised I've got to be patient with it. I'm really, really happy that I've got a few students working through it this month. And that is, it feels really nice. And I'm focusing on that as opposed to being like, oh, it wasn't this massive initial success. Because I don't think anything is. And I think what I've realised is a lot of the expectations we see or we get on business, they're so unrealistic. We don't see how many years hard work have gone on. Especially if you look online, it might be like, oh, I set up my business and in one week I earned this much money. It's just, yeah, it's just started seeing through all the lies. Um, so I think that's probably, that, that's what I'm learning the most is to trust and to come back to really remembering I had um, something deep inside me that wanted to create this course and I've trusted that and I'm really proud of myself for doing that. And now it's a time to trust in that and just be patient with it and let it grow organically. And I didn't want to promote it sleazily. So I've kind of stepped back from that and I've just accepted like, I'm just going to, allow people to come to it as opposed to force them to buy it because you can do all sleazy tricks like oh buy now and I'll give you this and this and this and this which I didn't want to do oh yeah I am um, definitely feel the same about that type of selling um and in the coaching world I think you can be taught um certain ways of um, selling you know working with people and I've tried it and it just never s sat right with me um, so I think like you said it is really important to find your own way um, and like you said as well to sort of be patient with it and um, try to attract the, the right kind of people who really actually want to learn from you. How are you reaching the people who you want to share your knowledge with um so with your course but also other aspects of your work i sort of have quite a lot of connect people connect with me through my blog so i've got some blogs on sort of sustainable packaging tips and, and things like that and then they sign up to my email list or i've got a free ebook where you could learn about the power of authentic branding so i get quite a lot of people kind of emailing me randomly like oh thanks your blog's really helped me I'm setting up a business and then Instagram has been a great way to connect um with people like you Sarah I think we connected on Instagram so I've got more of a community feel through that and also I uh, you know I've been to co I set up a co-working group and conscious entrepreneurs group so there's kind of all different ways that um, people have connected and podcasts have been amazing I've really loved connecting on podcasts you know it might the thing with I think the things that work for me is I just do things that feel good um or I'm inspired to do and then maybe six months later someone might go oh I heard you on this podcast but it isn't instant so I think the ways that I connect with people are just yeah just sharing stuff and and or sharing my work but not um like forcing it forcing it um, and then it organically grows but that way of doing things it does require more patience so I think like um if you're doing if you want to 
if you want to go about it in more of a sort of soulful, ethical, mindful way of promoting your business, you just have to be prepared that it will take a little bit longer to see the results. And, you know, you've just got to trust that even though you might not be getting, I don't know, I hate the word even, but your client from it, your sale from it, you've actually helped someone in some way with that post. So I wouldn't see everything that you're doing has got to be to get someone to work with you. I think it's just nice to approach it in a sense of just putting stuff out there into the world that might help or something that you're passionate with or it might uplift people. I love um, that you offer the wisdom sessions as well, where you um, just invite people to ask you questions or for, for like a bit of mentoring, basically. Yeah, I did those last lockdown and it was it was really lovely and it inspired a bit of my course because, again, I could see the problems that people were facing. So I definitely use some of that information to, to look at what I would cover in my course. Um, yeah, it's a great way to connect with people. And then, you know, I'm not doing it for that reason, but someone might go, oh, actually, yeah, I'd, I'd like to explore more of that type of thing. So I think, I think it's really nice to help people for free um, and not expect anything from it. Who has helped or supported you along the way of creating your business, maybe even before you started that? Who's um, inspired you and helped you? Just quite a f- I think there's been a lot of people I've listened to, you know, like podcast wise and books um, with setting up a business. Uh, and then I've got my friend Daria, who's a Kundalini yoga teacher, and we set up Conscious Entrepreneurs together. And she's really helped inspire me. Uh, you know, we share stuff and then we've brought this community together. And then the people within that community have, have supported me because I found when you're self-employed, it can be quite lonely and if the only people you're exposed to are like these people earning seven figures and all this type of thing, you feel quite rubbish about your business. So actually, when I come to Conscious Entrepreneurs, it's really lovely to have everyone. You know, you feel like you're on the same journey in the same space. And it also brings you back. To, it helps me come back to my values and not feel, um, you know, too bad about it. And then my dad's ran his own business for many, many years. So he's kind of helped me, I think, with some of the more businessy side of stuff, which maybe I've, I've not been as, as good at. Um, yeah, that's a really tough question, actually. I feel like I should be mentioning loads of people, but then if I miss someone out, I can't mention them. <laughs> it's okay, we can always add them in the notes. Yeah. <laughs> what steps have you taken to create a sense of community for yourself and for others? So I know you just mentioned the, um, the conscious entrepreneurs. So what steps do you actually take to create that? Uh, we, well, me and Daria were chatting about networking because I think at the start of a business you know that's one of the tips go network go meet people and I went to one or two or hated it like people were shoving business cards in my face I climbed up because they're like what do you do even that question when they went what do you do I was like I don't even want to talk about this can we just talk about yoga or something different um so I struggled with them and it felt horrid and I just thought oh I'm so rubbish at this what am I gonna do I don't like it it doesn't feel right for me and I just felt soul sucked to be honest after it so we both said that and then we thought oh can we not do something different because we were always listening to podcasts and sharing inspiration with each other but we thought well why don't we do this with other people that you know are on the same thing and I think a lot of the time we listen to people that are almost that feel too unapproachable and out of our league in regards to business you know the famous podcasters you know they're, they're earning so much money and we can't it's so unrelatable so we came back to the idea of that we can all learn from each other um and we were running them in person, which again was lovely, just having this once a month meetup. But now we're doing them on Zoom, which is great because we're getting, we had a woman from India, which is just phenomenal and mind-blowing that, you know, we can kind of all come together virtually. But sh- I think the common thing is the similar businesses practices. So we all believe in doing good in business and we're not just chasing after profit endlessly. Um, so that's that's been important. And I think getting out into my local area. Like I see you do that loads, Sarah. You like know loads of people around Edale. And it's just, you know, chatting to people and sharing independent businesses and, you know, talking with them and promoting them on Instagram if you can. Um, because I think your community is also really important as, as well. And uh, for me, I love independent businesses. And that's that's one of the things that's always strived, made me strive in my business to promote them more because I think we need way more independent businesses in the world. I felt like it was a real relief to find your, well, to actually attend your Conscious Entrepreneurs events because I just found the whole experience so amazing, so powerful. So um, do you want to just share how it usually works? Because I think it's it's really unique and 
I find it really open. It's, you know, it's not just you and Daria running it. It's, it's like that everybody's involved. And I love that approach. Yeah, I mean, that's what I always say. It's not us, it's you all that make it. (laughs) So we we start with a meditation because it's just really nice when we're not in the same room. We just get into a nice cup of headspace. Daria sometimes leads a meditation with, say, a business intention or an intention for the month. And then we introduce ourselves very quickly. Then we have inspiration share. So that's anyone in the group can do this at any time. And they'll basically spend 10 to 15 minutes sharing on a topic that might inspire people. It might be a book that they've read or it might be kind of a philosophy or it might be something that they've gone through and and learned. And then we have a bit of time to kind of share our chat after that. Then I suppose a big part of the session is collective knowledge. We used to do this in person and you write it down on a piece of paper and you take it out of a hat. But obviously on Zoom, we send a, a chat. So if you've got a problem or you've got an idea or you just you want a bit of help with something, you, t- you send that over in the chat and then we pick them out at random. And then the whole group spends 10 minutes helping that person solve the problem. And I found that sometimes my problem doesn't even get chosen, but I think just the ideas that are shared are really amazing. And I think because they've got a focus and it just feels lovely because everyone wants the person to do well. And I've seen people come who at the very start of their business, you know, they're like, oh, can we even come? I'm not even an entrepreneur. I'm like, yeah, yeah, come. And then they come each, you know, and after six months, they're, do- they're doing it. And I think they've learned from people. So it's it just feels like a proper community. You know, you've got people who are a bit like further ahead in business and people who are just starting. Um, and then at the end, we share something we're proud of because we never, we're never proud of ourselves in business. So I think it's nice to kind of come back to that uh, positivity. And luckily now we've got a little Facebook group. I don't love Facebook, but everyone seems to want one. So we started a Facebook group so people can kind of connect afterwards if they've got any problems or they've got some resources that will help. Yeah, it's wonderful. So if you if you can go, if it sounds like your kind of thing, then oh, thank yeah, you. snap up the opportunity <laughs> and then hopefully in a few months time might get back to meeting in person again. <laughs> yeah. So um, just to take a bit of a change in direction now with my questions, Reflecting back on your career, how have you found your way through some of the main challenges that you've come across? I think I've probably had quite a lot of breakdowns, if I want to call it that, that just get into the point of, oh my gosh, I can't do this anymore. So I think, but I wish when I was younger, I'd realised that that was my soul calling out to me to do something different. And I think when I was younger, I wasn't brave enough. And perhaps the way the world was, was I'm a bit younger, like less people were setting up businesses. And in my head, I just saw a business is like you're stressed all the time and you've got to work all the time and it's really corporate and cutthroat. So I didn't ever picture myself running a business um, in a weird way. But I did work as a musician. So I guess I was kind of freelancing in that sense for a bit of a time. So I did design and then I was also, um, I was a trained musician before design. Um, So I guess I had an experience then of having a bit more freedom and I, I liked it. But then I'd always wobble and go back and, and work and yeah, kind of, carry on for a couple of years in a corporate environment and just hate it still um so I think there was always something in me that was frustrated and I used to think there was something wrong with me and think gosh how can everyone else do this why can't I cope why am I getting so stressed why can't I work five days a week nine to five and sit in front of a screen all week and now I've started my business I see why I couldn't do that and I realized I shouldn't have beat myself up about it but I should have seen that actually it was a calling for me to do something different. And there was something inside of me that wanted to do um, something different. And I think only through doing things like getting out into nature and meditation and yoga, have actually learned to tune in a little bit more of my inner voice, which I wish I'd listened to um, yeah, when I was younger on those career changes. So definitely moments of absolute yeah breakdown, because I think sometimes you need, you just get to the point where you just think, I can't do this anymore. I actually, yeah, can't do this anymore. So there have been some very, very difficult times um, I mean, I even had a career change to become a teacher. That's how, you know, I got, I was so sick of working in the corporate environment. But what I realised, it wasn't design that I didn't like. It was the environment of working in a big agency and it just didn't suit me. So then when I came back as a freelancer again, so basically I quit design, went to teach music. Then I thought, oh gosh, yeah, long story, but it didn't agree with me at all. I love teaching, but the whole yes structure and everything didn't work so then I went back and freelanced and now I thought oh this is a lot easier for me I'm enjoying this more Um, and that was the step then from freelance and then I started my own business so um it's great that you brought up freelancing because we have a question from the intrepid creative 
How did you attract clients to work with you when you started freelancing as a graphic designer? I love that name, the Intrepid Creative is a great name, I really like it. Um, so freelancing, I did more in the sense of um, working at agencies. So I'd basically go into an agency for, say, a month and they'd pay me on a day rate. So I found that work, um, you know, it's a bit like, I suppose like a temp almost, but you, you get paid more money for it. So that, that was just through agencies. So that was really easy to find, to be honest, because they, people always need uh, freelance designers at agencies. So I'd either send them an email or people I'd known before I'd worked with uh, would kind of recommend me. So that was quite easy to find. And then I suppose the hardest leap is going from freelance, where you might have a contract, to actually, okay, I want, you're a client and you're going to pay me on a project base basis. And I think that is quite a hard leap. And certainly what I did in the first year was I knew I could always go back and freelance for a couple of weeks. So in my first year of business, I think I spent a June freelancing for um, an agency. And yeah, I earned quite a lot of money. And then I knew, okay, I don't need to work. I can, that'll cover me for two months now. So I knew that I could then build up my business um, and take it slow. And I also freelanced a lot in the year before to build up money. So I had three months savings. So if I didn't earn any money in my business, I wasn't panicking. And I think for me, it felt if you're the type of person who needs a bit of stability and you don't want to panic, I think it's really useful to have a bit of a kind of transition. So what you're doing, maybe you're full time doing it. Okay, can you freelance and do it three days a week or as a consultant or something like that and then spend the other two days building your business? And for me, it just allowed me to take on the clients that were right as opposed to take on clients just to make money. Because if you do that, then you're going to constantly be on this kind of treadmill of taking on the wrong clients because you're trying to survive. So I think, um, yeah, that was the transition that I made. And I definitely would recommend it if you if you're someone who's a little bit kind of anxious, which I definitely get about, um, you know, oh, gosh, I've got my money this month. Yeah, of course. And that's something that I do as well. So I, I have some other freelancing work alongside my coaching that supports me so that I'm so that I don't get into that situation where I'm like, oh, I have to work with people this month. Otherwise, I can't pay for my bit. That doesn't come from a nice place. Then I start to feel like I'm more salesy and things like that. And that's just never worked for me. So to have that background work just helping me build up my work and and sending out my message I find that really well it's really rewarding as well because I love the other work that I do so it sounds it sounds like a really good way I think yeah and I think a lot of people think I've got to do a business or I've got to work and actually you know there's a blend you don't have to there's there's so many options you know you don't have to dive straight in and, and start a business it might be like a side business that you do So they also ask, is it difficult to push away the doubts about success and financial stability? And did you prepare financially prior to starting your business? So you've obviously touched on this a little bit already. So when you actually made that transition to setting up your agency and just doing that, your own agency and doing that work, had you sort of set yourself up for that already? Yeah, so I did have a few months, obviously, saving. So I think I had about three months saved. The other thing is, when I worked as a musician, I learned to live really frugally. So I knew I could get by on really not much money. (laughs) And then I thought, you know, almost like backup plans. Okay, so if I don't do well this month, what could I do? Could I rent out, do an Airbnb in one of my spare rooms or, you know, that type of thing? It never came to that. But just having those, what's the worst that could happen? And also, okay, what's the little little I could live on? You know, can I, you know, reduce my outgoings? Because when you do change to a different career, you are not, it's very unlikely that unless you're super lucky that you're going to make exactly the same money uh, that you are when, you know, you're doing your full-time job. It will probably take a couple of years. So again, it takes patience. So if you can reduce your outgoings a little bit to take that pressure off, for me, that, that helped a lot. So I think I know I can live quite cheaply. I'm not a materialistic person. So I knew that actually I didn't need to make a lot, but I definitely had just having a bit of a buffer. So I always try and have two or three months buffer so that if I do run out of money, I'm not panicking. Because like you say, that salesy energy, it comes through and people pick up on that and they pick up on the desperation. So I never, ever want to become, you know, becoming across in that way. 
Is there a process now that you have? So do you have kind of projects work backed up for a few months? I know that a lot of people are wanting to work with you. So and obviously you've got your course now as well that you're um, providing to people. So what's your is there a particular process that you work towards? Yeah, I think it's at the start, you obviously just take on any jobs. <laughs> it's like, this isn't, this isn't feasible. So I think it's really important to think, how much money do I want to make each month? And how wh- wh- how many jobs do I need to do? Um, and then, you know, base it's around that, but also on the value. So yeah, I generally work with people for six, six weeks, I'd spe- six to eight weeks, depending on, sometimes it's three months. It depends on how big the branding project is and how much they need. So, I'd, and then I worked out, like I didn't really want to do now I've gone down to just doing one project and um, because I really want to go deep with it. But before it was like two projects and then I'd kind of book them in and, and then I'd go, right, okay, I'm booked up till this time. So it just, it just gave a bit of structure. Um, and obviously then, but then that's also where I started the course because people were like, oh, I need it now. And then I was like, well, I'm not free now for another three months. So it was, if you get into that point, it's okay, what can I do to help those people and just make it a little bit more accessible if people can't work with me one-on-one? Is there anything I can do um, like as a, a little smaller service? How does your lifestyle now compare to your previous work experiences so obviously your work it sounds like you're, you work really hard you know a lot alongside all doing all the things you love getting outside it sounds like you work really hard you push yourself out of your comfort zone how does all of that now compare to life before <laughs> I'm so glad you say that Sarah because I always think I'm a slackerpreneur that's what I was thinking because <laughs> I was like oh I never work 50 hours a week <laughs> but that's really nice to see um, but I think what I what I noticed when I was working in a corporate environment is that I would get stuff done really, really quickly. So when I worked at a design agency, I'd have finished all my work for the day, but everyone else hadn't. And then I had to kind of, if we were working on a pitch, I would be doing their work as well. So I realised I can work in short bursts very efficiently, but I can't do that for very long. So I need to have some breaks. Now, the thought of me getting up, gosh, I used to get, you know, getting work at 8am. I do not know how I used to do that. Like I rarely start before 10. <laughs> so it's so mad slowing down and then thinking, how would I do that if I ever had to go back to it? Um, so I'm so much, yeah, I'm a lot slower, I think, in the day as in I take time and, I, you know, make sure I have a nice morning before I start work. But I'm a lot quicker when I work and a lot more efficient. So I probably get triple the amount done in a day. I'd probably spend a week doing that in, a, in an office. And that's because I've seen what I need to do to recharge my energy and what keeps me balanced and um, how I want to live my life. I'd love to eventually take just work four days. I have experimented with just using Fridays as kind of a more fun day on my business. And I try and take Friday afternoons off and go, at the moment I can't, but go for a wild swim or do, you know, do something like that. And I bought a camper van last year. So I'm hoping now my business is even more evolving to allow me to maybe work quite a lot. Uh, so I'm basically January, February, maybe work quite intensely and then have a bit more space the next month to go off in my camper van. So I haven't got the balance perfect yet um, with the kind of uh, freedom because I do feel guilty sometimes. It's quite hard to switch off. Uh, so I think it would be interesting to explore that a little bit more. But yeah, I mean, I'm just so much happier. I know people think it's stressful running a business and I'm someone who gets very easily stressed. So, um, but the things that stress me were actually the lack of freedom and, and I realised that and it's a different point of stress. So for me, actually running a business is loads less stressful than working um, yeah, for a regular paycheck. Have you come across any times where you've kind of had your head in your hands and going, oh, I don't know about this anymore? <laughs> Yeah, so many times. Um, often, uh, you know, sometimes as when you're doing a creative work, you put your heart and soul to it, you can get difficult clients. I've had I've had three or four really difficult clients. And the reason was that I didn't, there was a bit of an inner voice, like, mm, not sure about this one. But I guess they kind of taught me around, like, no, I really want to work with you. And then I'd maybe say yes. And then I was like, oh, I should have said no. Because it's been very, either very difficult or, um, yeah, it's just, it's not gone well. Uh, at all so those points I've been like oh and uh, you know one night I was crying because someone sent a really harsh email back but on hindsight she was just a bit of a crazy person <laughs> to be honest um but um you know I was like how can someone be so rude to me oh I thought oh I just can't cope with this anymore so yeah there are times like that and I think 
switching off sometimes, you know, people kind of, you know, they finish for the night and that's it. And I'm sometimes thinking about stuff. And that's why at the weekend it's great. For, I have to get away for a walk away from the house or, you know, uh, just to switch off. So, yeah, it's definitely times, definitely times I've wanted to be like, oh, no, I want to work in a coffee shop. <laughs> <laughs> so what's made, what's made you stick with it? What's made you go, actually... No, this is, I'm going to get it. I'm going to get back to it. I'm going to fall back in love with it. What's helped you to get through those difficult times? It's funny. It's almost like I always get little messages. So it might be just an email out of the blue from someone saying, oh, hi, I read your blog and it's just really helped me. And it's inspired me. And I was like, oh, that, that, that's made me realize, yeah, keep, keep doing it. And again, just coming back to what I'm passionate about and in a small way, you know, you see what's going on around the world and I'm thinking like, how could I use my skills, my small little skills that I've got to just make a bit more of a, an impact? And if I can encourage a brand to use sustainable packaging or reduce what they're sending out or have a great brand experience that means people will choose them over Amazon or something, then it's like a little way of, of me making a difference. And in a selfish way also, I've remembered like I did this because I wanted freedom and I want to live a free lifestyle uh, and I want to have adventures. And if I, if I don't keep going with this, then that isn't going to be possible. Fantastic. So what helped your decisions towards creating a unique branding agency that is grounded in your values so rather than maybe going along with the crowd or how you you know when you went to networking things or when you watched videos about how you should set up your own agency what actually helped you to go I'm gonna create my really own unique thing I think part of me I've always hated copying people like even at primary school if someone had the same favorite color as me I was like right I'm changing it I don't want to be the same color so I've always really hated that um, and then when I was a teenager I was quite rebellious you know I was like I played bass guitar in a band and I was you know very much into feminism and doing things differently so it's always been in me to be a bit I suppose rebellious uh, or, and not follow the crowd I hate I just yeah, I just hated following what people do. So I always wanted to do something different. And then I'd see agencies and it was always the same, like, oh, wow, look at our amazing work. And it was always very kind of, I'm trying to think of a polite way of saying it, like um, <laughs> designers kind of doing it for themselves. And, you know, it's like a bit of quite a lot of design snobbery around, you know, what, what they did. And there was never this kind of collaborative element and also when I went to agencies, the client was always like, oh, the client, you know, seen as this kind of nemesis. And, but also they bowed down to the client and, and got really stressed. So I was like, no, I want it to be a collaboration with me and the person I work with. And it feels like a joyful experience as opposed to like, I'm working for you. So they were the few of the things that I wanted to kind of get across. And um, the, yeah, doing it differently in the design sense, there was just felt so much ego around it. And I, I, I just didn't want to come across like that at all. And I'm sure designers, you know, they definitely would pick apart my website and, and that type of thing. But um, that, that was it, just seeing seeing what was done and thinking it doesn't fit right with how I want to do it and thinking I'm not going to do it like that. So how can I do it differently? Um, and again, it's just getting back in tune with your, your inner voice and, and working out what resonates with you and what doesn't resonate with you and just really thinking I don't have to do it like that and of course it's easy I mean there's so many Instagram designers like girl boss and pink and you know all this stuff girl print I don't hate all those terms are horrible um you know and they, they get loads of business they do probably um but they're all just copying and I also saw a lot of designers you know you can jump on Pinterest and they're just copying that and, and it, it just felt it feels really unethical to me to give someone something like the person doesn't know that it's been copied but there's just a lot of unoriginality um, going on so obviously then my branding my brand experience it will it, it's it costs a lot more to work with me than someone else but that's because of these values that I try and instill and communicate with people so for someone who is maybe trying to think of a brand name or that like I know that you guide people on working out like a really nice color system and it, it really works because I know what your colors are you know I can see those colors in my mind when I think of you so for someone who is you know has this great idea and they just don't know where to start with it and make it completely unique and not influenced by any anybody else's yeah. <laughs> at least directly influenced 
is there like one exercise and I know obviously you have a lot of tasks on your course but is there one thing that you would say that helps even if it's something really simple um like just going outside and being inspired you know by um nature is there something that you that's really helped you to find those colors or that brand name or something well, the, similar the one exercise um i have in, in my free book actually i think it has about four of these but my favorite exercise is to come up with four words that you would describe your brand and these are your four personality words okay so mine were i think mine um I should remember them i always change them actually one always changes like i've got intuitive ethical brave and collaborative and those four words then i think okay that's what i want my brand to stand for so that everything I do now, even if I've not got my name yet, I want those four words to kind of come through. And then when I'm choosing colours or the, I'm speaking on Instagram or I'm writing a blog post, I'm, I've got those words in my head. And now they're just subconsciously, you know, they're, they're there. But at the start, I was like, right, OK, they're my, they're, they're my values and they're my core values. And whatever I do, what even if I stop doing branding and I just completely do something different, I think I still have those four values because they're like the essence of my brand. And, that, and that's what I try and encourage people to think about. Um, though, yeah, so four brand words. And if you sh- I think getting out into nature or doing something that lets your mind wander. So you maybe garden or uh, have a shower and sing in the shower or go dancing or bake a cake. Do something that gets you in touch with your creativity um, and then let the ideas flow. The worst thing you can do is sit down and go, right, I'm going to come up with a brand name and just, yeah, do that. Um, so yeah, I think it's get, in, get into the flow state and allow your mind to wonder and be patient because ideas are not something that can be forced. You know, it might take you a month and you'll know it and trust in your gut because when, you, when you've got it, you'll go, ah, that's it, that's it. That's my business idea, that's right. But if it's still not feeling right, just allow yourself some time to explore you know, talk to people, maybe book in a session with someone, however you can get there. Uh, think of it as, as a journey. Um, yeah, but I think the best way is to tune out from the noise. So do whatever you can to tune out from the noise. And just on values as well, because some people might hear the word values and go, oh, I, I don't really know what <laughs> what I value. So how how do you think that somebody can really tune into their values? Like, what does that actually mean to you how do you how do you know what your values are I think I think what are you really passionate about like what makes you go I want to change that or I want to do that or that really inspires me and it just it's just something you can feel it and I think what I my approach especially with my course is to encourage people to promote feelings and emotional connections I think a lot of the stuff that we fed on business is very strategic sit down do a business plan I didn't do a business plan at all like my business plan is a vision board you know so you don't have to do all that stuff some people it works perfectly well for but I think we're all different humans so I don't think if if that approach doesn't work for you don't force yourself to do this like 10 page business plan because it's going to suck the soul out of your business um yeah so what are you really passionate and what drives you and what makes you feel excited and then just that's your value really so if you're really passionate about nature that you know you you one of your values might be um protecting nature or encouraging connection to nature it's not it's not really complicated i, I suppose i suppose maybe the word value makes it sound a little bit more complicated yeah um, and then think about your life values as well because they'll probably tie in with your business yeah i think it's interesting as well because i think some a lot of the people that I work with when the first few questions are based around you know what do you care about what do you feel passionate about that kind of thing and a lot of people feel stuck with that and I felt stuck with that when when my coach asked me those questions because I think if you are in um, a job or your lifestyle isn't going how you really want it to be then I think sometimes that joy and that passion isn't quite coming through. So um, I know you mentioned that some of the jobs, you know, you were uh, really struggling with. So was there anything that really helped you to find out what your um, values are and break you away from the stresses of, of work and find your joy, I suppose? Yeah, I think it is a hard. It is hard because you probably want to. If you don't, know, if you're not like one of these people who's like, right, I'm going to create this product and that's my idea, then you kind of and it doesn't happen like that. And mine, I didn't. Mine didn't happen like that. I, I wouldn't have gone. Oh, I'm going to create this brand. I didn't even think I was going to do that. It's been a bit of a journey, um, and I think every single job I've done, there's been something that I've really liked. I've, there's been something I've really enjoyed and there's been something I've been really, really good at in that job. There've also been things I've hated and I've been terrible, terrible at. So I guess for in my uh, 
like business has all been going, okay, what did I job? What did I enjoy? Right, I enjoyed being creative. Okay, I enjoyed working one-on-one in more of a slower way. I enjoyed flexibility. I enjoyed, um, you know, rallying and trying to, you know, get people to be a little bit more sustainable. So I used those things and then I guess built my business around it. And, you know, as a designer, you can do so many different things. But I thought, I don't really want to keep working every month with someone like, you know, on a retainer type thing. I I didn't really enjoy that. I like the kind of initial creating side and then doing another one. So I thought, well, I'll do branding projects because that means, although it's hard, I've got to find the work each time. It means I'm doing like a super creative project, but I'm not kind of doing the same thing every single month because I know I get easily quite, you know, bored. And and that's what I struggled with at agencies. It was like, okay, great. This week I'm still working on a Peroni brochure or something like that. Um, So I think think if there's things that you're really good, there will be something people are really, really good at and they love doing, even if you're a lawyer, you might be really, really good at one aspect of that. And that can transfer into another job quite easily or another business or another idea. Fantastic. That's really helpful. Thank you. We have another couple of questions that have been sent in. Firstly, where do you look for clients that are in line with your values? Or are you actually in a situation now where your clients are just coming to you? Yeah, I'm pretty lucky. I I don't... Yeah, this is a difficult question. I know at the very start, I try, you know, you try out, oh, I'll send an email to someone. It didn't really work with me. And I knew even like going to networking, going up and talking to someone and going, hi, here's my business card. I just know it is not me. So then I thought, okay, I don't want to do this. What can I do that feels better? And for me, it just felt better sharing, say, sharing some of my design work or sharing some of my tips on branding. Um, I I think if you can get a good project and it may be you have to do this for free, but if you can get a really good project, first of all, um, there that you've worked with and it's someone in alignment, then people see that and go, oh, I like that. I, I don't think people respond very well to like, hey, do you want to work with me? I think people like to choose. And especially if you are more of a kind of ethical, ethically minded brand or you start in a business like that and you're not a salesy person, then you need to look at ways that people connect can connect with you. And I think it's just about building a relationship. And I didn't want anyone to work with me who didn't want to. So it was all, I kind of like, you know, this is what I do. Have a look on my website. This is my work. This is the way I work. You know, maybe share a bit on Instagram, share some like client stories. And then if people like that, they can get in touch and work with me. But equally, if they don't, then it's not the right fit for me. Um, And I think the main thing that helped me was at the start, I was kind of trying to look bigger. So I was like, we, because that's what other people had done. And it's a lesson that I should have been more in tune with my inner voice. And then three months later, I really took a step back and I thought, no, it's just going to be me. And I got better photography done. I really kind of really focused better, more on my branding, practicing what I preach, I suppose. And and then I just saw it change. And, I, you know, people were getting in touch with me um, people were recommending me or saying they like my approach. So it's been nice. I've been lucky uh, that I haven't had to kind of, yeah, really chase work. That's brilliant. And is there, I know you've got your website and I know that you use Instagram quite a bit. Is Has there been um, a particular social media platform or other platform that's that you found the to be the most, I suppose, maybe even organic in terms of attracting people to work with you? I My website and SEO, so as those two things, I feel have been really valuable. Obviously, Instagram is, you know, people there, but they're not, a lot of people on Instagram aren't really looking for branding. Whereas if someone types into Google ethical, sustainable branding, if I can try and make sure that I appear there, and then obviously then the whole thing of clicking on that and then having your brand experience encourage them to want to stay on your website a little bit longer, that's really, really helped. So spending some time, and I went on a course with my friend Paul Jardine, who does like an SEO course, and that was great about like your keywords. And then the other surprise was Pinterest, which I kind of just put a few things up there because I kept hearing about it. And I left it. And then six months later, uh, I had this one pin that was basically four splodges that I designed for the Kind Store's um, uh, Instagram background. I had two million people click on it. It was mad, madness. They didn't all go through to my website, obviously. Um, But then, yeah, like you just wouldn't even think that that would happen. And I like the idea of Pinterest because you're just sharing your stuff or you might share a quote on there and then people can go onto your blog. So for me, the best ways have been very organic. And I like the idea of just putting something out there and just leaving it. And if people connect with it, they they find you. So if there's people out there who are like, oh, website SEO, that sounds really scary. I've never even made a website before or anything. How 
because I know that you've you've made your own website, right? You've designed it, put it all together yourself. So is there anything that really helped you in the very beginning stages? Because I know it can be really overwhelming about the branding, you know, all those things. So where do you think is a really good place to start? Is it with a blog or a, or a newsletter or... I think even if you just have a one-page website, so we, you know, it might be just a one-page website with hi, a little bit about you. If you've got a newsletter, they can sign up to it. Uh, you might have a blog on there as well. But it, whatever you do, just having that one page, it just gives people a little bit more information about you. And um, if you're kind of launching, get if you've got someone's email address, you can then in, let them know again later on about what you do. I'm always really disappointed when people have just got an Instagram and then there's, there's nothing to explore further because I feel like my website is, I like this person, oh, I like what they do. And then I go on their website to learn a little bit more. And it's really hard on Instagram to get across everything that you do. Um, I don't think I'm great. I, I hardly ever, I need to talk about branding a lot more. I must like share walks and pictures of walking boots, which is not, you know, so I need to, you know, kind of think about that a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I mean, Squarespace, you do have to pay a bit, but so, you know, there's so many easy options out there. I'm not going to go into recommending them, but um, yeah, it's, it's not as overwhelming. And I think just start, just start small. You don't have to have a 10 page website, just have a one page website and it will organically kind of build on from there. Yeah, I think sometimes um, rather than starting straight away with the website, you can start writing some blogs just in, um, you know, in draft um, anywhere. <laughs> you don't have to share them straight away. You can just start, and like you said, putting some words together and, yeah, just having that fun, playful, creative stage before going, I have to sit for hours and <laughs> make a website in a day or something. Yeah. <laughs> OK, so, um, oh, yeah, one more question from one that's been sent in again. What's your process for ensuring the work that you're taking on is in line with who you are and want to be? Ah, okay. Yeah, this is a good one. So <laughs> I haven't always got it right, which I think I just chatted through those examples. For me, it's trusting more in my intuition. And I think a lot in business, we don't really get told that much about intuition and trusting in that inner voice because a lot of the time our head might go, wow, this sounds like a great project. That's a lot of money but your gut might be thinking, screaming something at you. And this is when I, I went wrong. So I was like, oh yeah, wow. Almost like I didn't really want to do the project. So I thought, well, I'll charge, like, I'll charge more money for it. <laughs> I was like, that isn't really very nice, is it? To be honest, but that's what I did. Cause I, was like, I don't really want to do this. What shall I do? And I was too busy. Um, and then actually I didn't go ahead with the project, but that's because my inner voice was going, this isn't right. My gut was saying, this isn't right. So what I try and do is after I don't even say that like yeah definitely we're going to work together because I like to have a chat before then I'll take some time and think about it because what was happening was I just kind of chat with someone and you're all like in the moment of it and then I, it's a bit hard to tune in with your intuition then so it's a case of yeah working out does this feel right just am I going to work well with this person and yeah it's, it's basically for me intuition and then the second thing was to just make sure that on my website and through my Instagram, my personality and my values are really, really clear and use copy as well to, I've got like on the Brand Builder course page, this course is for you if, and this course isn't for you. So that, you know, I've put like, if you're a fan of business gurus, fast paced brash, promising you 100K in 10 days, this isn't a course for you because it's not gonna, it's not gonna do that. So it's almost like qualifying people before they even get in touch with you. So I think that, that makes sure that the person getting in touch with you um, is the right type of person. And if some corporate kind of, um, person who hates the environment and thinks I'm a massive hippie comes on my website like that's great they're not going to work with me <laughs> so it's worked really well in that sense excellent thank you for that um and just as a kind of summary can you select three core things that have been essential to your work and lifestyle becoming more enjoyable and flexible for you I think this is important because you, you mentioned the word freedom quite a few times so are there like I three think, core uh, things yeah, one is my camper van. Like I've dreamt about a camper van since the age of six. So I finally got my camper van last year. And the only reason I got my camper van and the dream of my camper van is because I took the leap to start my own business. Because what is the point of me having a camper van if I was working all the time? You know, I wouldn't be able to enjoy it. So that's given me, and that's given me the freedom. And my for my second thing, which is nature, getting out into nature, um, being inspired by nature and the wisdom in nature, like trees. I just 
my inspiration a lot of the time in business is like, well, that tree is just stood there. The leaves have changed. There's no leaves on the tree at the moment. The tree's not panicking. It's just standing there. So the second thing um, I think is nature. And the third thing, I suppose, is connection and community because I think, um, you know, that having the warmth and the inspiration and just the pet talks and the support of people around me has, has really, really helped um again feed into getting those first two things because without the community I probably wouldn't have carried on with my business and um, without my business I wouldn't have got got my camper van so um, and without nature I wouldn't have been inspired and got my business to where it was. Yeah I have to say that since I joined your community I've felt very uplifted um, and it's actually given me more confidence to do a bit more kind of mentoring and things because you know when when people share their problems and then offering a bit of yeah mentoring basically I mean people can obviously take it or leave it but um, just doing that and going through that you sort of see some of the value in things that you have from your experience. And I, I found that to help me with my confidence really significantly, even just from going, attending two events. <laughs> yeah, I think people often have the answers for us. So, you know, if you just can start listening more to people um, and, and what people want and, and what resonates with them, then you'll, you're gonna build something that's actually got some meaning and it's gonna help people. So yeah, I think that's, um, that's wonderful to hear. So. So lastly, I'd like to give you the opportunity to ask a question to our listeners. So if you can imagine that someone is thinking about a career change that would offer more opportunity for creative expression and freedom for more adventures, what powerful question would you ask them to encourage them to start taking the first steps? Oh, that is hard. Um, I had this question in my head, but now I'm kind of like re re reframed it I think um the question I would say is what if I didn't and just brilliant comes out okay so we'll just yeah we'll leave that with you thank you Charlotte so much you've been a absolutely wonderful guest and I'm sure that many of us including myself will really appreciate your tips and um, sharing your experience oh thanks Sarah it's been an absolute pleasure Thanks for listening to our interview. You can find links to Charlotte's work and social media accounts in the show notes. I'll be recording a new interview soon, so watch this space.